Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. We're in a series on the Holy Spirit called The Gift. And we know there's a lot of, a lot of churches that kind of avoid the topic. We talk about God the Father, no issues there. Jesus is, is obviously really popular and we love Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is kind of the third part of the Trinity, the Godhead that we're a little bit unfamiliar with. And some churches, they don't talk about them at all. Some churches, that's all they talk about in the gifts and the power of God. Every week, that's all they talk about. And I just want you to know, we are a church that will, will, will value the totality of the Bible. And so I believe that Jesus preached out of the Old Testament, and he actually created the New Testament. So I believe God can speak in both Testaments, but we are under a new covenant. And so today, we're going to open up the Bible. I'm going to read like five verses to you. And again, we've been on a series. We've talked about a lot of things in the series. Pentecost, getting filled with the Holy Spirit, prayer languages, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I do, I, I promise I'm going to try my best to get back to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But every week during my study time, God keeps sidetracking me uh, and showing me other things to kind of teach on. So today, I'm going to look at a familiar passage. It's when Jesus gets baptized. That was really fitting because it's Father's Day. And it's one of the few moments in the New Testament that God the Father speaks, like verbally speaks. So it's cool that you have God the Father's voice, you have the presence of the Son, Jesus, and then you have the dove who is the Holy Spirit. And it's cool that it has all three of them. So I thought it'd be kind of fun on Father's Day to talk about all three. Is that okay? So if you have your Bible today, I want to talk to you about gift ideas. Write that title down, gift ideas. And uh, Matthew chapter 3, let's look at when Jesus gets baptized uh, I thought about Napoleon, uh, no, I was thinking about Nacho Libre, baptized. <laughs> That's awesome. I wish I could just read this whole thing with his voice, but some of you wouldn't come back to our church. <laughs> then Jesus came from Galilee, uh, verse 13 of chapter 3, uh, to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent this whole thing happening. He says, I need to be baptized by you, Jesus, and you're coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. This is right in the eyes of God. Then he allowed him to. And when he'd been baptized, Jesus, watch, watch what happens here, came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were, say with me, opened. Really important. The heavens were open to Jesus, and he saw the Spirit of God. Notice this. He didn't see a dove. He saw the Spirit of God like. Some churches are so scared of the Holy Spirit, they're like, no, the Holy Spirit's a dove that's kind of like the Holy Spirit. No, it's actually the Holy Spirit who is like a. It's worth noting there. Like a dove aligning upon him, and suddenly a voice, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Can I read the voice one more time? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We're in a series called The Gift, and today I want to talk to you about gift on Father's Day. Gift ideas. Send some subliminal messages to the front row here. Gift ideas. Wink, wink. Ah, Let's pray. God, I just thank you for the privilege of being at Ocean's Church. It's my favorite church in the whole world. Got to travel all over. I was in Dallas this week and got to preach to a couple thousand young people. 
But I just thank you, Lord, that uh, this is my, my favorite place to be is here. And I just pray today you love this, this group through even this conversation. And I ask you, Lord, that you continue to direct us and show us who you are. We thank you for Lord Anthony Davis coming to Los Angeles. And we just pray this to be the beginning of our championship season. In Jesus' name, all the Christians said amen. Lost some faith in the room there. Any Laker fans? Any Christian? Oh, uh, Laker, Laker fans? Okay, cool. Gift ideas. Um, how, many like, uh, how many like Christmas time? A few of you like Christmas time. And uh, it's all these, all these holidays that are kind of built in uh, from society to get us to spend all of our money. And uh, we have Mother's Day, Father's Day, Fourth of July. We're spending money on fireworks. Uh, you got, you know, there's all these holidays. We get into that. But I was thinking about this this week that uh, during during all these different holidays, it's it's interesting how guys and girls are so profoundly different. Yeah. It occurred to me this week, even looking at all the marketing ads that were on TV and online, that Mother's Day they're advertising five thousand dollar jewelry, diamonds, <laughs> rings, necklaces, earrings. Father's Day, Target's advertising $11 camo shorts. We are fundamentally different. Guys and girls are different. I like going on Amazon because they have this thing called gift. I'm so grateful for that little little tab. Because there's some people, it's like, okay, seven-year-old girl. I have no idea. Never been a seven-year-old girl. So I go on Amazon, start clicking on the tabs there, trying to figure out what do you buy a seven-year-old girl. And then it gets even trickier when you're buying for adults, especially like your parents. Yeah. You ever, who's ever been outgiven before? Yeah. Is there anything more mortifying than that? You buy someone a bar of soap and they buy you like a TV? Yeah. Here you go. Enjoy it. Don't use it all in one setting. And they're like, oh, yeah, we got you something, too. Hey, Bill, get out of the back room. I've been there on Christmas a couple of times that I've been completely outgiven. And so one of my goals in life is not to be outgiven anymore. So I always bring guns to knife fights. And so birthdays, Christmases, we, my, Rochelle's family goes pretty extravagant for Christmas. We spend way too much money. But, but we love giving, giving gifts. It's just kind of something fun about it. But, you know, I was thinking about this idea. How many know it's, it's really hard to shop for people that seem to already have you ever said that before? What the heck do I get them? They already have. It's hard, right? It's like way easier to buy someone that doesn't have anything. So I'm going to give them some tennis balls. They're going to be stoked. And then you go to someone's like, man, these guys already have, they have this house and this cars. They have toys. They have bikes. They have this. They have that. They have watches. They have earrings. They have jewelry. They have trips. They have, what do you give someone that already has it all? And I was thinking about this idea and I thought, man, if there is ever a person that we could say that, that, that that statement is true about, it's God. What do you give a God that already has everything? Have you ever thought about this? What is the greatest gift you can give God the Father? I was thinking on Father's Day, hey God, what can we give you? And I was thinking about, man, God, what is your favorite thing to give us? And so these two thoughts kind of inspired this whole, whole idea of gift ideas. God gave me an idea that really, uh, this passage really re- reflects and shows the heart of God the Father for us. And I think it re- reflects our desire for the Father. Are you ready to go today? So here's the first thing I want you to write down. The, <clears throat> the first thing that we, we receive from the Father. So the first 
gift, I believe, that the Father gives us that's found in Matthew chapter 3, it's found in John chapter 1, it's found in Mark chapter 3, it's found in Luke chapter 1, is the gift. During the baptism, it says this, that number one, if you're taking notes today, the first gift that I believe God gives all of us as believers is number one, he gives us access. It says that Jesus went into the waters of baptisms and the heavens in a voice from I believe the first, the first amazing thing that God the Father, here's why we love Christianity, why should I believe in God, is because Jesus, unlike any other religious figure on the earth, gives you full access to him. Yeah. And you have access to him not on what you did, but you have access to him because of what? Yeah. See, all world religions say do, 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 do this, do that, do this, achieve this, read that, go there, do a missions trip, do, do this, serve here, go overseas, sell this many Bibles, knock door to door, tell people the Lord's coming soon. They say do, 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 do. And because of what you do, you have access to who he is. But see, religion is spelled do, but, but Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E. It's done. It's not something we achieve, it's something that's already been established. If you're gonna, come on, give God a good hand clap this morning. We're not clapping for me. We're cla- so that's what we know is it's done. So people say, well, Mark, I don't know. Why is Christianity a big deal? Why should I be excited about following Jesus? Because first thing we know about God the Father that's true of the Son, that's true of us, is that Jesus, when he was, uh, when he was baptized, it says this, that the heavens were open and a voice came. I believe the first thing that God wants all of you to know is, is that you're his kids and you have access to him. If you want it. I remember, I forget, I told this story last service. There was a girl in our church that had really successful parents. Her dad was a large uh, land developer. And her dad was so busy working and making millions of dollars that he never spent any time with his kids that his daughter literally called his office one day and said, I want to schedule a meeting with my dad. And I thought about, man, how hard, and it really broke my heart hearing this whole story. And she said, I set up a meeting with my dad so I can actually sit down and meet with him and have, have lunch. And I thought, man, I don't ever, I think this is the heart of God. God never wants you to feel like you have to somehow do something or call somebody else to set up a meeting with him. That's, I'm not Catholic because I don't think I need a priest to hear God's voice for me. I don't need to confess my sins to a person. I need to confess my sins to God. Are you hearing me? Jesus removed the veil to give us all full permission to come into his presence for, for ourselves. So the first thing we know about this story is God's great gift to us. One of his gift ideas was, I want to give my kids full access. Second thing I want to give them is not only access, I want to give them number two. I want my kids to know that they have number two, uh, not only access, they have acceptance. This is my son. Let's say it this way. I belong. Do you know one of the greatest things that great fathers give their kids is acceptance. I accept you. I love you. I know you have an attitude. I know you're crazy some moments. I know you're demon-possessed sometimes. But you know what? I, I love you. I accept you. Acceptance is not tolerating someone to stay the same the rest of their life. Acceptance is meeting someone where they are, knowing that the love that you give them might change their future. That is acceptance. God says, look, you don't have to change to come into my house. But when you come into my house, it will start changing you. Are you hearing me? It's like you were in the street when I found you. I loved you enough to meet you in the street, but I love you too much to let you keep playing with the cars. That's love. Acceptance. So there's, there's access. And number two, I believe one of God's favorite gifts to give us is not only access to him and audience with him and access and, and uh, 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 
acceptance. But number three, he says, not only is this my son, you're his son, we belong with God. But number three is God gives us affection. This is my beloved son. Do you know what makes Jesus so amazing, guys? Is that he actually loves you. One of my favorite phrases, I've never forgotten it. The first time I heard it was my my father-in-law said this. He goes, God knows you the best, and he loves you the most. I want you to put that in your pipe and smoke that. Come on, somebody. He loves me the best, and he knows me the most. Knows me the best, loves me the most. I think that's such a cool thought that God, he says, this is my beloved son, Great fathers give their kids access. They give their kids acceptance. They give their kids affection. I believe one of the greatest things you can give somebody is love. During World War II, they actually proved that the Nazis proved this because it was so demonic and and just nasty and diabolical. But they actually proved that babies could not survive without human interaction, without love. You know, one of the greatest requirements of all of God's kids is his love. A child without love gets, becomes a really heartless, uh, really, really lost human soul. Love is one of the greatest things. Affection. This is my beloved. My kid. I love my kid. And I believe this is so powerful because God it gives you access as a father. He loves to give his kids acceptance, affection. And number four, he loves to give his kids affirmation. Affirmation. This is my beloved son in whom I am well God says, I'm proud of you. I think that you need to know this from God. He likes to say that sometimes. That a boy. Good job, son. Is there something powerful? I, I was thinking about this. You know, I'm learning this right now as a father. I have a, a, a pre-teenager right now in our house. And I was thinking about, man, how important it is for me. Rashawn, I've been talking a lot lately on the power of not only accepting our kids, giving our kids affection, but giving them affirmation. I was kind of sharp with Kenzie this week and the Holy Spirit, or Rochelle. Um, she was like, Mark, you should apologize. You, know, you should apologize. To, for, that was a little bit. Chloe was the one being bad, but you took it out on both the girls. You told both the girls to stop. And so I was kind of sharp. And so I actually went in the other room. I'm like, all right, humble pie. Here we go. This tastes good. And I went in there and I just said, hey, Ken, I, I, so, I want you to know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And I've learned that those eight words can change your life. In your marriage, it'll change your marriage if you learn those eight words. I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? With your children, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? With your employees, I'm sorry, I got mad, lost my cool, I was wrong. Are you following me today? There's something about this. And so what I did is I said, I mean, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And so I apologized to Kenzie. And then last night, as I was kind of studying, I feel like the Lord just said, hey, Mark, I want you to practice with your daughter how important it is to give her verbal affirmation. So before she went to bed, I said, Kenzie, look at me. And she turned around and said, what's going on? I said, I want you to know there's something special on you, Kenzie, that you're going to do something very unusual in your life. And there's a favor on you that you're going to succeed at whatever you do. Start getting all teary-eyed. I'm like, oh, gosh, get it together. (laughs) You see, fathers give their kids access. They give their kids acceptance, affection, and affirmation. So, okay, what do you give a God? So if God gives you something that you can never give yourself, these four things. And notice that when God gave us these four things, you know what it came? He came, he gave it through the Holy Spirit who was descending like a, so here's the part I connect the series to this message, is the dove came down, and this is what I believe, that the Father reveals these four attributes through the Holy Spirit, 
And our response to the Holy Spirit is maybe just as important as God's response to us. Are you ready to go? I want you to notice this really, really intricate detail. It says that the Holy Spirit came like a... Here's what the Lord was speaking to me this week. I found myself, I find myself as a lead pastor studying uh, weird things online as much as I feel like I'm studying the Bible. I've been on this dove study for like the last week and a half. I'm like, why am I studying birds? I'm like, like a pigeon, man, just birding out. There's a, this is actually true. There's people, they call them birders. Birders. That's like a legit hobby that people just, they look at birds. It's like, what are you into, man? I bike, I bike ride, I snowboard. What do you do? I'm a birder. It's real. So anyways, I'm reading last night, and I was thinking about this, man. It says the Holy Spirit came and descended upon him like a dove. It says in John chapter 1, verse 32 and 33, that John the Baptist said that the Spirit came down like a dove. And it says, whom you see the dove remaining on, that's the one that will come and fill you with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, when he gets baptized, the dove comes on like, like, like the Spirit, like a dove, descends and lands on him, stays on him, right? So watch this. I want you to catch this. Is The first thing that we do if you want to respond to God's gift to you is here's the gift that you can give back to the Father on Father's Day, is number one, is you can give the dove somewhere to land. I believe most Christians, they, they know that God's real. They know the Holy Spirit loves them, but they're so busy in life that if the dove wanted to land on them, he couldn't land on them because they're always moving too fast. I, I was thinking, about this, I had this funny picture last night when I was studying about God trying to land on our lives. But we're like almost running. And there's not a stable environment that he can land on. I learned this this week as I was studying about doves. That doves can pretty much, one of their superpowers is they can adapt to almost any environment. How cool is that that the Holy Spirit is like a dove? What is he good at? He's good at helping you adapt to any environment. You're in a boardroom, he'll help you adapt. You're at church, he'll help you adapt. You need wisdom from heaven, he'll help you adapt. You're, you're amongst a bunch of gnarly, wicked stuff, he'll help you adapt. You're in a courtroom, are you following me? He's an adaptable God. And I love this, that the Holy Spirit gives you an adaptability. And the second thing that we know about this adaptability is the interesting part about doves is they can't live in two environments, extreme heat and extreme cold. The only place you won't find doves, there's over 300 species of doves, fun fact, Isn't this wild? Oh, I thought they put like a dove behind me. It's like, you guys are good. Over 300 variations of doves, and they can't live in the Antarctic colds, and they can't live in like Sahara heat, but pretty much anywhere else. And I thought about this, man. Isn't this true of God, that he can't live in our life? He can't land on our lives if we're too spiritually cold. And some people are so weird because they're so spiritually weird out there hot. What do you mean? Can you be too hot? I think you can. I think you can get so spiritually minded. That you're no earthly good. Like, you ever met someone like this? They can't have a normal conversation. How you doing, Bill? Oh, praise the Lord. Father God, I'm good. I've been manifesting and soaking in the presence of the, the living God. And he's just real. And heaven's real. And he's coming soon. And, man, I feel like the rapture's coming. I just feel like, man, even at the end of the service, he might come. Trumpet's going to sound. And he's going to take me up into the heavens with the clouds and the saints. And, my gosh, it's going to be amazing. He's going to fire in his eyes and wool in his hair. And on, this, on his thigh says the word of God. I don't know if you've met someone like this. You know when, they, when you ask them to pray for dinner. Because they're normal the whole time, and then they start praying, and they turn into this different person. Hey, bro, you want to bless food? Oh, yeah, I got that. Oh! 
Father, Lord, God. Father God, I just thank you, Father God, that you're so good, Father God. And that, Father God, you're going to bless this gravy. And, Father, you're going to bless this ham. And, Father, you're just all over this. You're all over, Father, you're all over this meal. You ever met a Father Godder? Some of you might be a Father God prayer. I just want to encourage you. You don't have to keep saying God's name to talk to him. You don't say, hey, Mark. What do you know, Mark? Hey, after service, Mark, we're going to go to lunch. Mark, hey, after you get lunch, hey, Mark, if you want to come over to our house, hey, Mark, afterwards, Father, Father, come on, somebody. I believe that we have to create an environment that's not so cold that he's not welcome, but not so hot that we're weird. Are you hearing me today? What do you mean so hot? I mean that some people, they live their whole lives to just chase signs and wonders. They get in their car, they'll drive 500 miles to go to this conference and 400 miles to this conference and I'm going to drive over here to this conference and they live chasing the dove. And I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to land on where you are. Does that make sense? Chasing the dove. He's over here. He's over here. I believe one of the greatest things you can do for God is receive his acceptance, receive his affection, receive his affirmation, receive all that he has access and you know what you do in return is you say, God, I'm going to give you somewhere to land. You know what you do with God is you say, when you begin to worship God, you know what you do when you sing to God is you're giving the dove somewhere to land. You know what you do when you open up your Bible and you start reading and you start praying out loud? You're giving the dove somewhere to land. You know what you do when you honor his presence? Look, God, I know I've read this chapter before, but I believe you can speak afresh. You're giving him somewhere to land. And I believe that when you give the dove somewhere to land, this is the second thing that you can do. And this is what's crazy. Many people... They're so busy that they don't give them somewhere to land. But some of us, we let them land on us at church. But the second thing that we, we know is that you can give back to the Father. It's not only a place to land. How about number two? Write this down. A place to remain. I've, I'll be honest. Man, there's Sundays. I, I've had Sundays in my life, especially in my earlier days, that I'd be so full of the dove at church and go home and just be cranky or irritable. And it's like, if I'm being real with you, if the dove was on my shoulder, I think the reason why God said the Holy Spirit stayed on him like, a, like the dove remained on him. Because I want you to imagine, I should have had a, a prop I said last service, had a dove on my shoulder. <laughs> but imagine if I had a dove on my shoulder right now. If my goal wasn't, if I, okay, let me say this. If my goal was for the dove to land on me, you ever seen those bird catchers? They got like those hawk catchers. They have like the glove. So they intentionally, what they do is they, they, they position themselves. This is where you can land. And what's interesting, not only do they have a position that attract the bird to land on them, once the bird's on them, you know what I've learned? I remember going like to Hawaii. You ever been to like a luau? And then you take pictures of all the parrots? Okay, I guess not. Well, uh, I thought we were in Orange County. Best. Okay, the zoo. And all the parrots are there? And like we, we're at the zoo and you have your kids and they start putting the birds on your, all your family members' shoulders. And everyone has birds. You know what they always tell you? They say, don't move too quickly. Because sometimes if you move really abruptly, it'll spook the bird. I believe the reason why God says the Holy Spirit remained on him like a dove is because the heart of God when you're filled with the Holy Spirit is that he wouldn't just come on you and land on you at church. And you run out of church so fast, so angry, such a negative demeanor, that you grieve the Holy Spirit. That he actually starts flying off of you the moment you leave church. See, I believe that one of the greatest things we can do as Christians is invite the Holy Spirit to remain on us. If I had a dove on my shoulder right now, you know what I would do? Is I would, if I wanted him to remain on me, I would take every step 
with a bird in mind. I don't want to, I don't want them to fly off of me. Look, I could get mad right now at this employee. The subcontractor owes me money. This guy just cut me off in traffic. This guy just gave me a one-figure wave. But you know what I do in these moments is I don't think about what my best interest is. I think about what's in the mind of the dove. That's what I learned. If you'll actually navigate through life saying, I don't want to, I don't want to abruptly. <laughs> hurt myself right there. Any chiropractors in the room? I don't want to abruptly move so quickly that I spook, follow me, spook the presence of God out of my life. David said, take not your Holy Spirit, Psalms 51, from me. David knew that you could grieve the Holy Spirit in a way that you, you no longer, you're no longer allowing a place in your life for him to rest. I believe the Ocean's Church is not going to be a place that people just come and experience his presence landing on you. I believe it's going to be a launch pad that you can leave this place with his presence remaining. I'm walking with the dove, with the dove at mind. What can you give God? I believe you can give God somewhere to land, which I believe is an awareness of him. And number two is give him somewhere to remain, which is saying, God, would you keep me sensitive? You know, the number one reason why we, I think we grieve the Holy Spirit is because we lose our sensitivity. You can write this down. How do you lose your sensitivity? By doing something he doesn't want you to do and not saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And you ever notice this? The first time you do something bad, it hurts. You're like, ah, oh, I feel so bad. The second time you do it, you're like, ah, oh, I should have done that. The third time, you're like, ah. Fourth time, you're like, fifth time, you almost condone it. It's what I do. Of course I use that. Of course I, I call people derogatory. Of course I, of course I, do, I, I do too much of this or, or smoke too much of that or do too much of this. And we start justifying things that in the beginning we used to be sensitive of. You know, one of the greatest things the Holy Spirit does is he keeps our hearts sensitive. Hey, God, I'm sorry if I grieved you. And here's the question. It's not if you grieve God, it's when you grieve God. I know I was sharp with my wife or, my, you know, I know this, this happened or I got agitated about this situation or, you know, I probably shouldn't have said that in front of those people. I was probably a bad example yesterday in this setting. Hey, God, would you do me a favor? If I grieved you, if I, if I actually startled you, out of my life. And I'm not saying theologically that you lose your salvation or you're going to hell. I'm just saying that the presence of God in your intimacy with God has been broken. What do you do? You say, God, I want to give you somewhere to land again. I want to be sensitive to your presence again. The bank had come forward about finished today. Is I believe this, that he, he gives us somewhere to land. Or we give him somewhere to land. We give him somewhere to remain. And here's the third thing, is we give him somewhere to be refreshed. Isn't it interesting, I read this, that if birds have a consistent food source, they'll never stop coming back to that food source. Isn't this crazy? You've been to the beach, don't feed the birds. Why not? Because you feed one, all their friends start coming. And they'll keep staying there until you stop feeding them. You know what I believe? I, I almost titled this message, Keep Feeding the Birds. Because I felt like the Holy Spirit wants you to keep feeding his presence in your life. You know, what's interesting about doves is throughout history, the last several thousand years, they were the only bird to carry messages. They were a messaging carrying bird. It's the bird, Genghis Khan, all these different world, uh, the Battle of Waterloo. I mean, back to ancient civilizations, they would use doves to carry, they would carry messages to their military in different places. 
Doves could fly 6,000 feet at 77, they averaged 77 miles an hour and could fly up to 94 miles an hour. There's reports of doves flying like thousands of miles in like the ancient world, like from Europe to the top of Africa. It's doing all this weird research this week. They're messaging birds. I think God knew, don't you think that he knew? That when he said the Holy Spirit will come on you like a dove, you think there's some symbolism there that he's like, you know what I want you to know? When the Holy Spirit comes on you, he will be a messenger of what's in the heart of the Father, what's in the vocabulary of Jesus, and what's in the desire I have for you. He will be the messenger that relays what's up there for your future down here to the earth. He is a messenger. You can grieve him, you can startle him, but if you'll welcome his presence and he'll land on you, things will begin to change. I thought it was interesting that in the Bible, check this out, that Jesus was the only person that never needed to be baptized. And yet it's in all four Gospels. Why would he get baptized when he never sinned? Baptisms for the remission to, to, to be a symbolic sign that God, you've forgiven me of my sins. Jesus is the only human that never sinned. And yet he was baptized. Why was he, why was he baptized theologically? We know it's to give us an example. Why would, he, why would he give us an example? Because here's what, I love this. Every time Jesus deals with sin, the dove always shows up. I want you to think about this. Dove represents the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit represents the dove. So the baptism, what happens? Jesus gives an example. Hey, when you get baptized, you deal with your old sins, and guess what happens? The dove comes into your life because sin has been paid for, and now the freedom and the empowerment, the anointing of the dove comes on your life. That's pretty cool, right? Check out Genesis chapter 8. God deals with the sin of the world through Noah. Noah's in a floating zoo called the church or the ark. The ark is the church. The church is a type of the ark. And guess what? After the judgment of the world, not the church, the world, the world was flooded. Guess what happened? The raven was sent out. The raven didn't get the job done. So he had to send out a, and the dove was sent out not once, but three times. And the second time it was sent out, the dove came back with an olive branch. So let's summarize it like this. The world's sin was dealt with. It was judged. And the church was still alive. And guess what? Out of the church went a dove, and the dove went into the world and got an olive branch. I feel like preaching this service. Olives are what make oil. Oil is symbolic of the anointing. The anointing is what the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit brings the anointing back. It goes out to the world, but he brings it back into... Every time he deals with sin, we see the Holy Spirit or a dove come back. Check out the cross. Jesus goes to the cross, deals with the sins of the world. And guess what happens? Acts chapter 2. Wait into Jerusalem. Tarry there until you are endowed from power from. And he's tongues as of fire. John said, one will come after me whose sandals I'm not worthy to lose. He won't baptize you with water. He'll baptize you with. I don't have time to teach all this. I just want you to know this today very clearly that the Holy Spirit is a dove because he'll land on you, he'll remain on you, and guess what? Dove's favorite thing is food, but one of their favorite things is clean water. You know, I think there's many churches that are either just weird, like out there, like not even theologically sound, or they're theologically sound, but there's no presence of the Holy Spirit. I think one of the reasons why is because the Holy Spirit will only keep coming back to places that have clean water. I want to be a church that's not just anointed, but we actually have godly character. Because some, some churches, they worship the, the, 
the gifts of the Spirit so much, but they neglect the fruit of the Spirit. What good is it to be prophetic if you're mean to your spouse? What good is it if you're like, you, man, I, can, I have the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, but you're like, you're a jerk to your employees. Clean water is what keeps the Holy Spirit coming back. And we will be a church. You listen to me. This will be a community that is like the ministry of Jesus, full of wisdom, but also full of power. That's what changes society. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Revival isn't a four-hour church service. Maybe that, that could be a part of it. But true revival isn't when we have long church services. It's when something that happens in church changes the city that you're living in. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.